hello, and you're listening to volume 33 of the Strange Grooves podcast. Woo! I'm, I'm Sharice Letson. I'm Kate Mowbray. And before we begin this week's show, we'd like to thank our Patreon supporters. You amazing people. You. You're so amazing. We love you so much. Shout out to Matt Letson, Joanna Killen, Barb Crawford, Michael. Sam Blue. Sam Blue. Thank you so much for all your help on our website. Michael Hawkins. Host Daddy. And host Daddy. Sonia Freeze. Sonia and. Backstreet Records, Backstreet Records, Five, Five and Dime, Dime. Heartbreak Boutique. Uh, the list is building. Thank you guys so much. Thank you so much. Uh, we have a very special and anticipated guest that I've been just eagerly poking at, uh, probably for I don't know, a few months. A year. Yeah, I think yeah. Okay, I'm underestimating. I'm yeah. trying to be cool, but yeah, it's been yeah. a while. This has been a while. So we are joined today by uh, local DJ and record collector Craig Morris. Thank you so much for joining us. No problem. Thank you. I'm excited. Yeah, we're really excited that you came. I know that you have uh, an incredible collection. I've been kind of eager to see what gems you would bring. And I'm so excited to get into some of our, our questions that we usually ask. And, you know, we've been so excited to have you on. So thanks again for joining. Awesome. No. Let's kick it off. So, yeah, I, I, I guess to start things off, the, I guess the obvious question is kind of when and how did you get into collecting records? Uh, I think... Like most people, you, you kind of dive in by, like, attacking your parents' collection. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I was an 80s baby, so there was still a lot of vinyl in the house. It was, like, pre-CD, so there was still a lot of albums yeah. kicking around, and they were still used, right, for a long time. Um, so, you know, there's albums that, like, still to this day that, like, stick out in my head like not just even for like the music but just even like the visuals of like certain album covers like you know like I still to this day am scared of like the Steppenwolf album cover that's my favorite band the one with the wolf on it like the black oh Steppenwolf Live maybe is it there's a few with wolves on it yeah I can't remember because you're so scared of it because yeah, I am, like, but there's like know. there's certain albums yeah. like even like there's there's like a there's even like a Jackson album which I didn't bring, but Jackson Destiny album. It's like super dark. It just has all the brothers on like this dark like Destiny on some ledge with like lightning and like it's like embedded. It. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just like it kind of like freaked me out when I was like five. Right, you know yeah. what I mean? Whoa. <laughs> or like um like Led Zeppelin 4, like the inside cover, like how like who who is that wizard? Yeah. And who's the old guy on the cover? Like that used to freak me yeah. out. I don't know who that is. That's interesting. That's something to Wikipedia. On That's a question. <laughs> I mean, there's there's like so much mystery to Zeppelin in general and like yeah, it's just one of those weird album covers that's like right. especially the inside. Yeah. Like I think I had that on my wall for a while when I was older, and I could accept it. Yeah. But yeah, no, back to collecting. I mean, it was one of those things where you just kind of inherit your parents' collection, and then you kind of just develop on your own, like, what you're into. Um, and from my parents, I mean, I, I did get into rock music, but it wasn't nothing like really like I you know I was I went through my Led Zeppelin phase I went through my Grateful Dead phase but there are phases I mean I still appreciate a lot of those records but 
the records that got to me were like the like a lot of soul records and a lot of like pre-80s call it disco records um yeah that was the stuff that till this day like i cherish and to this day still will play out certain records and have records that have never left like my dj crates djing for like 20 years like certain records like i will still play in sets regardless so yeah um yeah, I guess that's how I got into it. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever stop collecting uh, the vinyl format? Or did you always, like, even well, even when, like, it was, you know, like, CDs and, and MP3s and stuff like that, did you stop collecting vinyl at all? No, but I guess I guess I have the way that I'm, I don't know, I'm a bit different in the way that, like, I'm not sitting on albums, like LPs, right? Like, out of like a few thousand records in my basement, like maybe, like maybe like, I don't know, a fraction of it is like actual like LP albums. Um, because you're DJing, you you don't buy complete albums. You're buying twelve inch singles. So when I started DJing, like when I was like fifteen, and I just started collecting vinyl, it was it was buying twelve inch records. So you know you're buying a song and a remix right but that's the bulk of my collection is like it's 12 inch singles and only now um like as i'm getting older like i'm starting to buy those like full albums that i appreciated uh that like at the time i probably had on cd but just wanted to spend the money on the single because at that time it was like i need to buy the record because i need to play it out Right. right? Yeah. It's like for me when I was buying vinyl, it was like, what do I love? And like, what's going to be a banger? Like, what what are people going to love? You know what I mean? It was very it was a different way of buying records. It was more like what what are people going to respond to as opposed to like, oh, I just love this for myself. So for like years, I, that's how I was buying records. It was like, can I play this out? Will this go off? And that's that's. Yeah, that's kind of. How did you get into DJing? That's a good question. Um, I think it was it was kind of on my own. I didn't, definitely didn't have like older DJ peers or anything like that. Uh, it was one of these things that I think I probably saw on Much Music and thought, "Hey, that's cool." Like watching, cool. Um, like maybe watching like Electric Circus or something right, like. Right. Because at that time, like, you know, this, (laughs) you know, there was a lot of cheese to that, but there would be there, it would have its moments where, like, because, you know, we're talking like 97 for me and internet was there, but it wasn't like as accessible. Like, I don't think I had internet at home. It was like maybe at school. So anything, any information was like through magazines or what's on TV. Right. So there was a lot of magazine buying, uh, you know, there was certain magazines that were like aimed at, you know, like there was like buying the source, which was like the rap magazine or XXL. And then there was like this another magazine called Herb, which was kind of like as like the whole like back then you would have called it like electronic music, which was just kind of like this lump sum 
this lump name for like a bunch of different dance genres. Like there's this magazine called Herb, and that was kind of like the go-to magazine. But I mean, living in St. John, like you just didn't have much access to stuff, yeah. right? So, and uh, and the only place to access vinyl was Backstreet and a few places in the mall. Right. Yeah. We love you, so yeah, I mean, like, yeah, to shout out Gord, I mean, he brought in records that he definitely probably took a chance on that yeah. I was like, oh, like all over. Um, and yeah, I definitely give him credit for like exposing me to a bunch of stuff that I wouldn't have known existed, mm -hmm. right? Because yeah. it's just the, the information wasn't there. Yeah, I found a lot of records that way. Just by seeing things and being like, well, if you brought it in, what is this? Yeah. And be like, yeah, you know, like I gave that a listen. It's like, it's pretty good. You might actually you'd like it if you like, because he, he remembers things about people. And I, I always appreciated that. That's why record stores or so, well, independent record stores are like such like sacred institutions, I think. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. It's like, it's like so personable, personal. And it's like you have a person, personal music recommender, yeah. essentially, yeah. right? Yeah. And, right. you know, it's not Spotify, right? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. or Discogs. That's right. a whole other conversation. Oh, yeah. Have you guys, have you guys gone down oh, yeah. that wormhole? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, at the time, there was just Gord, and, you know, at the time, like, Sam the Record Man oh, was, wow. like, kind of... Sam the Record Man was, like, the shit, because Sam the Record Man, they had this, like, little back-end section and it was like obscure records a lot of like trip-hop records like obscure rap records and like obscure dance records very little but then also they also had this like you could also go to sam the record man to get like your vice magazine so this would have been like when vice was like just popping off right, yeah. so like vice was in print it was like totally like you know, like taboo, like it was just like, whoa, you got a copy of Vice? Like, <laughs> yeah. like they couldn't, they weren't allowed to have Vice on the floor. It was kind of like they just kept it in the back and they'd give it to like the customers in the know. And wow. I used to love yeah. Sam the Record Man for that. I mean, it was, it was the people that were working there at the time, but right. it was awesome. Like, because that's another magazine, like Vice was light years ahead of everyone and like just had the best interviews and just were like had their f like finger on the pulse of everything that was popping off like all over the world and like different genres that were popping off and DJs and just Vice was like this magazine that was it was essentially like a bible at that time like you just all this information you just didn't know existed um yeah and look where it is now it's sort of it's sort of what we're trying to do strange grooves is like make it like a new age hub of interesting things that people you know that like really good and interesting content that are you know really busy yeah, yeah. that if they land on it guaranteed they're gonna find something or someone or a collection or something that resonates with them and that's kind of what I've been trying to figure out how to like encompass and now it just keeps growing and oh. growing which is like really wonderful but it's nice to see and and understand all the different ways that people have like found those things because I've heard of a few people that would go to the states to get CDs because they'd be out before in the states than they would oh, in Canada yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then they would be the first one with like the Pearl Jam record or whatever right yeah, yeah. 
What was the place in Brunswick Square? CD Plus. CD Plus, was, yeah. yeah remember that? That closed when I was in high school, I remember. Yeah. And music world and but oh, like yeah. market square in its heyday like had an awesome salmon record band really yeah in the big so like which what, what would have been i guess it would it actually would have been like right where tim hortons was right. there was this play there was sam the record man and then beside it was the it store i don't know if you ever heard I of remember the, the it store I didn't know that and that place was just like that place was insane. I got my first Beanie Baby there. Oh, I remember shit, that was like <laughs> that was back in 1997. But oh, oh, well, like I, it was thinking, yeah, yeah, like the Sand the Record Man and all that would have closed. Yeah, a, I do maybe too. even before that. Well, before that, uh, but yeah, I mean it's it'd be interesting to like like I don't know if I'd want to come up in this generation now of discovering music because there's just there's too much yeah. Mm, yeah. and it's overwhelming. it's overwhelming. And I mean, I used to be one of these people, you know, six years ago that had to like know what was coming out. Like when SoundCloud was just coming up and it was like, what just came out on SoundCloud? Like I need to know. But now, like I think in the, over the past few years and it's mostly just it for me, it's time because I'm a dad now, but I just don't have the time to like pour into the internet. So now I've just kind of like stepped back and now I'm just more obsessed with like music that has been out for 30 years that I didn't know existed, yeah. right? I've noticed a lot of uh, old like dance tunes and hip hop and rock have resurfaced as samples now in a lot of new music, mm, yeah. you know? And it's, it's interesting because the, the longevity of a lot of the music that's older and I don't think a lot of like the abundance of music that's being creative now has that abundance like I don't see like the Led Zeppelins or the Grateful Deads of, of their time they're still like making like monumental like music sales based on what they've created and I think it's because there's such a an emotional connection I don't think everybody that makes music has that no you know no. I don't and I don't know why I don't know it's like I would feel so honored if I could actually create music like I'm 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 humbled to be able to catalog it and love it and enjoy right. it and go see it but I don't play an instrument I'd love to that'd be amazing but I just I never had that part yeah. I played piano a little bit played a couple of Nirvana songs on guitar but I was never I just never really had the the patience or the the, the dedication to an instrument right. so when people can and they're just making whatever right. and I'm just like oh like not to take away from anyone's talent or intelligence in making music but I think it's very uh I think it's amazing if people can create music or play an oh, instrument. 100%. I think that's probably why I got into DJing because yeah. I couldn't play yeah. an instrument. Mm. Um, like that's why a lot of people get into DJing. <laughs> <laughs> that's, probably why we, that's why I like playing records because it's just kind of like that little chunk, right? Like yeah, that's why it's like I'm like I can't I can't play an instrument that I can write about music. That's kind of the yeah yeah. Right. <laughs> So you brought a couple records with you. You have a whole bag with you. <laughs> I guess, what did you bring? Is there any particular gems in there you'd want to share um, about? Yeah, sure. I mean, some records that definitely mean something that were, like, from passed down from my family. Um, this, which is probably, like, my Holy Grail record. Oh, Michael Jackson's Off the Wall. Um, this record over Thriller any day. Uh, I don't know why. I think 
I don't know. This record was just, is really complete for me. It's still very R&B soul, very disco-y, mm. and it's still pre-80s. I think this is 79. Yeah, 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 don't even get me started. <laughs> yes, it is. So get on the floor is yeah. probably like that's like my favorite Michael Jackson, song, but probably like also like probably one of my favorite like so disco-y songs. Like the bass line in it is insane. Yeah, like this album is just gold to me. Um, it's beat up to hell, but it's uh, yeah, this album's insane. I mean, this was '79. Thriller was '81. And I think this, like, was sold only, like, 10 million, where, like, Thriller's, like, 100 million or something. It's, the, like, Thriller's, like, the biggest yeah. selling record of all time. What's crazy, though, is, like, so this was a Quincy Jones-produced record. Like, Quincy Jones was 50 years old when you produced really? Thriller. Really? Like, can you imagine producing, like, the biggest record of your lifetime at, like, 50? Like, most people are, <laughs> like, almost in retirement. Right. And like you just like put out your best work then. Put out your best work then. There's actually um, if you haven't had a chance to watch the Spike Lee documentary on this album, it's awesome. Really? On, on Netflix, it's just all about. It's all about the transition from Michael Jackson of Jackson Five going out on his own and putting out this, and it like breaks down every song, and it's a awesome documentary. Anyway, it's on Netflix. It came out a couple of years ago. It's, it's really good. And like, yeah, like get on the floor was like, um, it was like a huge like, Harlem. No, yeah, it was like a huge Harlem block party song. And it was just like people used to just play that at like picnics, and people would go like nuts. That's a dope jam. That's for sure. Yeah. I played it at my birthday twice. I was like, <laughs> it's a great song. So just add that to the queue twice. Thanks. And I think it's one of those records that, for the most part, I'll regardless of like the night or DJ set, probably gets played, or like a version of yeah, it yeah. like gets played. Anyway, it's a banger, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, like what else do I have in here? Another hand me down. This is this is definitely Sheik's greatest hits. This is kind of like. Yeah, I mean, everything, like, <laughs> like, good times, like, I mean, that was such a big song, like, even for, like, getting in, like, the beginnings of hip-hop, right, like, this record, I mean, Niles Rogers is obviously God to a lot of people, but, like, this is, I mean, it's super commercial, and, like, most people have probably heard most of these songs, but, like, it doesn't, there's not there's not the disco cheese behind it mm. for as commercial as it is. Right. Um, but yeah, that was another <clears throat> another huge hand me down. Um, uh, what do you want? Just go through and <laughs> pull out Everyone's stuff. That are significant to you? Any and all of them. Um, yeah. yeah. Let's see. Getting into like oh, so another big thing I guess is uh, which I've been collecting for. A while now, probably at least the past five to six years, is I stopped buying a lot of twelve inches, and I've kind of become obsessed with like the seven inch mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. 
Um, even when I DJ now, like if I go to five and dime, I just bring only seven inch records. Um, and it's just like a whole different, like the, the hunt for things on seven inch is fun because <laughs> yeah, a lot of stuff doesn't exist or if it exists, you have to dig for it a little bit more and talk to people. And it's where there was like 12 inches are really accessible. Like only so many things got made on seven inch. So I have a lot of seven inches that, um, you know, definitely mean a lot to me. Um, <clears throat> let's see, let's just pull some stuff out. Um, this is probably, this is fine. This is the first seven inch I ever owned. Is it? Oh my God. Beastie boys get it together. That's awesome. So that's the, like, wow, that was the sabotage seven inch. And that was probably like, I want to wow, see what year this was. I want to say like 94, but I could be completely off. No, 94. So that was probably my first seven inch that started it, which is pretty awesome. Cause it was green. <laughs> so yeah. Um, and definitely like for like a lot of people, like, I mean, these guys were huge in my life growing up. Um, just, you know, like snowboard culture and just skate culture, like these, you know, and combining just obviously like punk world with, rap world yeah. like that was that was pretty cool just yeah anyway that guy um let's see let's see i should have been more, i should be more prepared <laughs> i like the i like it's i like the real it's more yeah. real it's more real okay yeah no it's all good um so yeah, I mean, there's definitely records, like, records from, uh, like, this would have been, like, high school, 93, 94, like, these were huge rap records for me, Ghetto Boys, Mind Playing Tricks on Me, amazing, amazing song, amazing record, this is 91, uh, Far Side, Pass Me By, 12 Inch. This was a huge record for me as well. This is 93. So this is kind of like my early 90s phase. <laughs> yeah. Um, still, like, very much at that time was, like, kind of just getting into hip-hop because I was still really young. Like, I was probably, like, 12 then. You know what I mean? So it was... And, like, stuff was hard to come by. And, like, pro these probably were, like, handed me down from somebody like I don't even know how I acquired these I know I got this at Sound the Record Man <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry um, but yeah and then like at a junior high um, high school being uptown was like huge mm -hmm. in having access to Backstreet Records um, this this came from Gord this was probably like one of like the first intros to like the whole like electronic dance thing anyway this is the first uh this is the first chemical brothers album this thing is this thing's insane if you think it like this came out in 95 and like how far ahead like it's it's awesome it's like sample heavy like there's like beastie boy samples on it if you like dig down and like look for them anyway this was 
This was definitely one of the like gatekeepers into uh, to the slippery slope of like the electronic world. And then like, and it was also really commercial at the time too. Like there was no different genres at the time really of like house music versus like drum and bass and things like that. Mm -hmm. Everything was just kind of like electronic. Um, yeah, I mean, do you guys have any questions? Like, I don't know. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> so we usually have our questions for collectors that we ask. And I guess um, one is if you had to take one album t on a desert island, what would it be? Yeah. Uh oh. 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 Brain fart on this one. It might be off the wall. I think. Oh, cool. Okay. I think it would be. Yeah, like I, I don't know. If I was on a desert island, I wouldn't want something too heavy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> off the wall has its ups and its downs. It has its like melodies and stuff. Like, it's a good all-around album. So, not to like. I mean, it's an easy kind of. I don't know. It's an no, easy card to pull, but. It's definitely probably my Desert Island album, that's for sure. Yeah. That's cool. And if you had to save one album from your collection, it's the Apocalypse, and you could only save one record, what would be the one you'd take? Um, that's a good question. It always gets people thinking. I, I always love, love the conversations that yeah, come out we of this. Don't, this, this. For anyone listening, this goes to show you that this, these are not scripted. They are not <laughs> given out in advance. You don't get to see your episode in advance either. It's just, just real. We just throw this shit at Raw, you. Raw, motherfuckers. <laughs> also, Raw Papers, if you're listening, you should also sponsor our podcast. <laughs> we love you. Thanks. Like, as in, like, I have something rare. And and it could be anything. It could be based on sentimental value. It could be based on rarity. It could be that Beastie Boys album. Like it could it, be anything. Yeah, maybe something like that. I mean, just because like I think it's pretty irreplaceable. Yeah. Um, it's like this thing is played to hell. Like it's so dirty right now and scratched to hell. But it does have a lot of sentimental value. Um. So yeah, thanks for pointing that out. It, this it's probably something like this. That and it's just like it represents like that time in your life, like you're like teens and like, mm -hmm. you know, you're just, I don't know. And it's the Beastie Boys, like right. nothing like screams like teenage angst, like the Beastie Boys. <laughs> true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So you play a lot locally. So you've been in this for a while. Where's the furthest you played? Uh, I think the, the coolest gig, maybe. Um, I spent a lot of time living in Montreal, so I, I majority of my DJing was in Montreal, um, which was fun. Uh, it's it was a time where like it was still pre like Serato time. Do you know what Serato is? Sort of. So Serato is um, basically this. It's basically it's it's the feeling of vinyl but you're using your laptop so basically it's this crazy yeah so basically i think it was like probably 95 that serato really started popping off with dj so 
<clears throat> it was basically to eliminate DJs having to drag around vinyl, which was huge. Um, so I kind of around then started stop DJing probably around, uh, sorry, 2005, not 95. Um, probably around then, um, and kind of went on a hiatus for a little bit. Um, funnest gig and probably was probably moon last year. Yeah. 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 I'm I think it was because I, I went into it not expecting anything. Yeah. So it was, you know, the crowd was awesome. I mean, there was three of us that night. There was uh, Michael Hawkins and then there was uh, Damon. And, you know, I think we were all under the impression that it was going to be super chill. But it was like. <laughs> it, was, it was like, <laughs> like Michael. Right now, uh, 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 it was a party. The one time you wish it was a vlog. Yeah, like Michael got things off, and like Michael is like Professor Funk. Like he's one of these guys that knows, you know, who played every instrument on every James Brown song, and then so he got things really going. And then Damon rolls up, and I don't know if you've ever seen Damon play records. Yeah, like his knowledge and like selection and like just rare records like he rolled up and we like started which is funny for Damon because Damon's usually the type that would you know he plays like his thing is like 60s soul and like a lot of rare soul records but he like came up after Michael and just started playing Public Enemy and then like <laughs> things just all like took off after that Mark and Lisa was telling me about that at the Cannabis Congress last week about how like he had this like he, he has this huge huge like uh collection of it and she was like that's kind of like we all dance to it as like a family and whatnot at the house yeah. and i was like I, I love that so we're gonna be interviewing him like in the next month i believe yeah, yeah. he's our latest patreon sponsor again we love you yeah no michael's i'm just you know i getting to know mike and he's he's awesome and just like a book of knowledge like if i'm like have you heard of this does this exist like <laughs> I like message him on face on Facebook. I'm like, what do you think about this? Is this worth something? Like, and like he's just like he knows stuff, yeah, and yeah. yeah, it's crazy. And Damon, Damon is just insane. Like his record collection is nuts. Um, so yeah, like back to Moon. Like Moon was awesome. It was just it totally took off, and you know I played to a crowd who I wouldn't have thought would get down to what I was going to play and like everything went off and it was, people loved it and like, it was great. Yeah. yeah. So. Are you, um, spinning anywhere around, around here this summer or? Um, I'm sure I'll have my five and dime gigs. Um, hoping to maybe do moon again. I'm not sure of the details of moon yet, but I'd like to, um, but yeah, nothing planned yet. No. No, I uh, I think that like one of the things we're excited to do is step up our game a little bit and uh, and work with you guys a little bit more because you guys have like these incredible setups and these like vast collections. We certainly don't have thousands or any like samples or like seven inches or anything like that, right? We're we're more of just like oh, we have. I have my cool records. records. Yeah, you know, like it's, and I think that that's where it's very intriguing to like 
hear how you've kind of collected music like so young and for us too like i've collected pretty much every format now just because of like my generation right like we still have like ton of cds and stuff yeah, 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 yeah. CDs. a bunch of cds i have tapes like i still have like one of like my dad's first records that he gave me i've got nice. like vhs yeah, stuff yeah, that yeah. i like tape on much music or like right. things i'd record on the radio on cassette like there's just you know and then like the mp3 files like old mp3 players and old ipods i've got a ton of like weird just like nostalgic things like that remember like mini disc yes yeah like that was like to I mean, you were using, people were using mini discs to transfer, like, MP3 files on the go. And it's just, like, it's just, it seemed crazy now, like, to think about that, right? Yeah. Like, pre-iPod era. Yeah. Now, music's just, like, such a crazy thing. Like you said, it can take you to such a, uh, a different place in just a moment, you know what I mean? Like, it's really cool, like, the fact that you played in Montreal and, you know, now you're here. Like, do you think you're going to pass that down to your little one at all? Uh, I've already started like building a collection for her That's so, nice. so like just the other day i was at what's the bookstore called shahrazad yeah. yeah so like they have like a great like compilation section mm. and they're all like two bucks and compilations are great because you can get a lot of like you know hit like soul songs or whatever from 60s 70s and like on these compilations that cost next to nothing and you don't feel bad if you destroy them so i think probably she's going to be three this year so i my goal is to find her a turntable like uh like an old school kids one and then start giving her these records to at least like one of the ones i've noticed that uh, holds up pretty well are the the crosby Crosby. ones uh, yeah. yeah um they've got uh steve and monica have some for the boys yeah. and it just seems to like be like pretty rugged they yeah. seem to like they seem they're to cheap but they're rugged yeah. like especially for kids yeah right yeah. so there seems to be a lot of um i just noticed like when i was looking at turntables shopping for one there seems to be like this like hard on hate for crosley for some reason oh 100 percent. and you know what it is it's the what? it's like there's this weird hate towards the red ceramic needle so if you're ever looking for like a turntable and you're like is this good if it has that red ceramic needle stay away from it but it'd be a good starter one oh 100 percent yeah like a casual listener or a kid or whatever like those would be great yeah I mean, like, I mean, I always suggest like someone who's like, oh, I want to get into playing records. Like what, you know, what should I get? Like, should I get a Crossley? I'm like, just like take the extra step and buy like I used Hitachi off Kijiji. Like that's a million times better. And it's probably going to be a lot cheaper and it'll last longer. Yeah. Like, I mean, they look ugly and some of the Crossleys, like they, you know, they're nice. They're pretty. Exactly. And which is not real life or real listening. So influencer marketing down the drain. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, back to my daughter. Yeah, I'm definitely like slowly building her like play collection. And it's cool like now that I've been on the hunt for seven inches, you're always coming across like weird like nursery rhymes on seven inches that come with like these crazy booklets and like yeah, there's crazy kid stuff yeah, from yeah. like that date like 30 years back on seven inch that just get looked over yeah. yeah i think that's really cool that you're getting her like a beginner's collection and like introducing her to vinyl because funny story from my childhood apparently 
legend has it, I crawled into like where my dad stole like put his records. I got into them, and apparently I threw all of his Steppenwolf records across the room. <laughs> Ironically, they're my favorite band now, and I didn't destroy them all because I have most of them. That's but yeah, funny. so I think it's good, you know, get them into it early so they don't trash your shit. <laughs> like, That's true. Well, yeah. I think there's also something to be said about, like, older vinyl pressings. Like, they're indestructible. Whereas now, like, you can buy a reissue of something, and, like, you get the slightest little mark on it, and it's like, toast. How to take care of a record? How to take care of a CD? Like he was, right. he was a stickler. He was like, no fucking fingerprints. Don't touch my fucking CDs. Oh, if really? you're gonna put, if you're gonna put fingerprints on them, don't touch them. Yeah. Like vinyl, like put them back to the book, like put them back the way they are. Don't put them in the side that they'll fall out. If you're gonna touch something, put it back. And he was very, but it was, it was like due diligence yeah, with yeah. how to put it back and how to catalog it too. Yeah. So I think it like it, t- it taught me how to take care of things. Yeah. Oh my I went through my <laughs> I went through my mom's record collection last time I was at like my parents' place and it's funny she's like cuz she's like, "Oh, you go through your dad's records, but I have some." And I go through them <laughs> and then she's like, "Yeah, there's probably a lot of liquor stains on them cuz like but it was like it adds character to them cuz they oh, were yeah. really well-loved records and some of them need to be a bit cleaned, but I'm sure a lot of them have been playing well. But <laughs> I mean, if you went through my collection, you'd be like, "What?" is going on like things are filthy right like like when you DJing records like it's you know it's dark it's sweaty it's humid like things get warped like they don't get put back in the right place you end up going home at 3 a.m. and like there's like five records like at his sleeves just stacked and like (laughs) like to most people it'd be like they'd be like cringing but it's just like that's that's just how it was you know what I mean like you you loved your records but like you just didn't baby them. You know what I mean? You just like on to the next, like chuck it back in the bag. So, yeah. yeah. Shall we wrap? We'll wrap up. We'll wrap up. Thank you so much for, for joining oh, us. No problem. Will you come on again? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Cool. For anyone listening, if you want to, uh, support us we'd really appreciate it only a toonie only a toonie only a toonie patreon.com slash strange grooves and also if you want to get involved in any way strangegrooves.com or shoot us an email at strangegrooves at gmail.com thank you so much bye bye later